the fact is, or at least the, the fact in my, in my opinion, so I guess that makes it my opinion, the fact in my opinion, eh, whatever. Episode 1037 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, the best time to schedule a goal race. Hey, y'all. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by the folks over at YNAB, the uh, budgeting software that Rebecca and I have been using for a while. I've talked about it a handful of times. And uh, as we all know, I think as we all know, running isn't as cheap as uh, we might think it is. You know, between the shoes and the gear and the races and the travel and the more shoes and the more shoes and the more gear and all the extra bells and whistles, um, it gets it gets a little pricey. It gets a little pricey. Now, I don't know about you. Not that I like spending money. Because uh, I am I am cheap AF, but spending money on running stuff like eh, you know that's that's not the worst thing to spend money on, provided that there's money to spend, and that's where having a tool like Wineab can can be a, be a little bit of a game changer um, by by following kind of their their four money rules and uh, mostly by just being intentional with with our spending. Um, Rebecca and I have have you know like we're not rich, but uh, we're we're in a on a good on a good trajectory. Um, financially, and a big part of it is just by you know in the in a couple few years that we've been using Wineab, it really has made a difference for us. And so, uh, if if you would like to maybe try some things out, maybe uh, get your get your budget in order um, going into you know the the rest of 2022 and beyond, um, I would definitely encourage you to take Wineab for a spin. And if you use the link disruns.com/wineab, that's the letters Y-N-A-B, disruns.com/wineab, which stands for you need a budget. In case I haven't mentioned that yet. Um, you can, you can get a free month trial, which you get anyway, but then if you're like, yeah, I feel like this might be working. Let me sign up for a year, which costs like $85, $90, which I know would be nice if it didn't cost that. But I'm telling you, if you, at least for us, I guess I'm not going to guarantee for you, for us, it's been money very well spent and very much a good return on investment, um, each year that we've had this, the service. But if you decide to sign up after you've used my link, then you get an extra month for free. So you sign up for 12 months, you get 13. They also kick me an extra month. No money changes hands. So it's not one of those deals where money is changing hands or anything like that. But, you know, it throws an extra month onto my subscription, which I guess is worth a, a handful of dollars. So it's kind of helpful for me. Um, but mostly I'm worried about it being helpful for you because, you know, if you're if you're able to run some more races and things like that, maybe you're going to want to get some coaching too. You know, see how this all works together. Anyway, moral of the story. Having having a, a budget that works for you is helpful. If you're in the if you're in the market, check out Wineab and why not use the link that might give you a free month if you decide you like it. Dizruns.com slash Wineab. And when I say free month, an extra free month. Because you get a free month to try it out regardless. Whether you sign up right through their homepage or go through my link. But then it, again, if you do decide to sign up, you get 13 months for the price of 12, which you don't need to be a math genius to realize that's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal, especially for something that works. So check it out, disruns.com slash YNAB. So today, talking uh, about something that, that's, I kind of feel like we've we've touched on it here and there, but I don't know that there's ever been a specific quick tip episode about it. Uh, and I do know that I looked back and tried to find one. So maybe somewhere in the archives, I overlooked it. I don't know. But uh, when it comes to scheduling races, and, and specifically goal races, kind of leaning more towards goal half marathons and marathons, um, I feel like the general consensus, and I feel like this because I see it in the group, I see it with the people I coach, um, I don't necessarily see it for me, 
because I don't plan and schedule races. Let's not kid ourselves. But when it comes to scheduling races, many runners tend to look for spring and fall as far as setting up goal races because, at least I think in large part because, those are the times of year when hopefully the weather is going to be somewhat conducive for a good race on race day. Not too hot, not too cold. Uh, somewhere in that that window of you know, 40, 50 degrees as far as start time temperatures, not warming up too quickly, not all kinds of summer heat and humidity, not all kinds of winter cold and ice. Um, obviously, the weather is never guaranteed, but that's a big part of the reason, I think, and again, from, from the, the people I coach, people I've talked to over the years, that tends to be a big part of the reason that spring races and fall races are such kind of goal race periods. It makes sense. It makes sense. The thing is, and, and, and maybe I'm more aware of it right now because I've had some folks that have struggled through it a little bit recently. Um, but the thing is, that's not the only consideration. Race day weather, race, race day potential weather is not the only thing that you might should consider when it comes to picking out the ideal time for a race. Now, obviously, the, the weather on race day is, is an important factor. I mean, obviously, right? But there's that lead up, that training period leading into a race that, you know, if you're going to set a goal race and you're going to try to hit some type of PR or, or things like that, have your, your best weather scenario to perform your best, I think that in most cases, you're going to want to have a pretty good training cycle leading up to it. You're going to want to get your, your work in, get your long runs in, your speed workouts, your cross training, your little things. Like you're going to, you're going to want to be in the best position possible to take advantage of the hopefully good weather on race day by getting the work in leading up to it. And that's where I think it's easy to lose sight of what a spring race means and what a fall race means, especially when you consider spring being a little bit wider than just like a one or two week window and fall being the same. You know, there's certain times in spring and fall where maybe some of these considerations don't come into play as far as other life types of things that I'm going to get into in just a second. But then you start to question what the weather's going to look like. You know, if you go late spring, well, maybe it's going to be a little bit warmer earlier. If you go early spring, it might still be some snow on the ground. As some of you have realized in the last couple of weeks where it's I get some messages of what the hell's all this snow about at the, the, the last couple of days of March, the first couple of days of April. Like, I mean, it's the weather. It happens. All right. But for a spring race, some things to, to think about that's easy to overlook is that that means that the bulk of your training is going to have to happen during the winter. And if we're looking at early spring, that starts to potentially bring Thanksgiving into the equation. Certainly brings in some of the Christmas holidays, the, the, the winter holidays there, brings in New Year's as things that you're going to have to at least contend with and maybe adjust your training as a result of in leading up to this, this early spring race. You know, I'm thinking about things in early March where that's definitely, you know, Christmas time, New Year's time, that's definitely in that, that window, right? Now you start getting into mid-April, late April, into, into May now, maybe Christmas and New Year and even, you know, going back to Thanksgiving, like maybe those aren't as as big of a deal, probably not as big of a deal, but you're still logging your miles in January and February. And some of you that live up in, uh, you know, in the mountains of New Hampshire or, or uh, Vermont or, you know, in, in Fargo, you know, for Lesterberg, um, that still brings in 
some many months, many weeks at least, probably many months of wintry weather. Which again, you know, whatever. That's if if you're training, you know, you live there, you're used to it, right? You don't necessarily maybe don't look forward to training in ice and snow, but you know it's going to be part of the part of the equation. But it's a factor. It's a factor. There might be times where. You know, it's it's negative forty with a massive wind chill, and you're just you're not going to go out and get you know your speed workouts in, or you're not going to be out there for a, a fifteen or an eighteen or a twenty mile long run. So then you know you have to maybe call an audible. Does that mean I'm going to have to you know get on the treadmill? Does that mean I'm going to have to run at the the indoor you know walking track or running track where you have to do you know four laps for a, well, probably not four laps for a mile, probably like eight laps for a mile, which can be a thing. That's maybe almost more difficult than the treadmill for some folks. Like the, just the, the moral of the story, what I'm trying to get at here is that you might be eyeballing this, this spring race because the weather is probably going to be great on race day. But what does that mean for you and your life and the likely weather where you live in training for that race? Same thing for fall races. Of course, although it's same thing, but the opposite It's the yin versus the yang, right? Like for a fall race, now you're going to be training through the summer. So those of us, and I mean, obviously hot is, is relative and hot happens everywhere. You know, there's, there's plenty of times in the Midwest where it's as hot, if not hotter there or in new England or in the Pacific Northwest or pick your location anywhere where it's hotter and, and worse weather there than it is for us down here in Florida. The, the duration might be different. It might only be a week or two, but during that week or two, it's pretty miserable. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that, that, that heat in the summertime, probably a factor for most of us for, to very varying degrees and if you're training for an early fall race, you know, something in late September, maybe Chicago in that, that first part of October, um, you're going to be doing some miles, some serious miles, probably starting in July, certainly into August and in the early part of September, where, you know, it's probably not nice and chilly at that point yet in, in you know, depending, again, it's going to depend, but there's a pretty decent chance that you're going to have to do some long runs, even if you start early, where the heat's going to potentially be a factor. You also may have to deal with going back to school, you know, depending on what things are like with in your life and, and where you are, um, you know, with kids and family and things like that. Or maybe you're a school teacher and that, you know, training for a race where the peak peak volume is that first month back to school. Like maybe that's not the ideal situation. You know, maybe in the summer you have all the time in the world to train, but now you got to be back into car line and you got to, you know, be out at a certain time and in at a certain time and, and dropping the kids and, and all the, the coordinating, all the activities. And maybe your, your time is now crunched. It's a lot harder to get your miles in, especially during the week because of all the things going on, you know, whatever, whatever it is. The moral of the story is we all have these things going on in our lives, right? We all have different things happening, different, different family plans, different work situations, um, sometimes that are busy, you know, I know, I know a few folks, um, where it's like, you know, they'll have three weeks in a row at a certain part of the year where it's like the, the one partner's birthday, the other partner's birthday, there's an anniversary in there. Maybe there's also a holiday that's, that's floats around like, like where that one three or four week window, there's always seeming like there's something to celebrate, which is fine, but maybe you don't want that. Maybe you want to kind of be strategic with planning your race schedule so that that four week window isn't six weeks before your race when like you're really going to want to be locked in on serious training, 
resting, recovering, eating well, all those types of things in that peak training window. So near as I can tell, there's, there really is no perfect time to schedule a race. Certainly across the board. There's certainly going to be no one size fits all. This is the best time. October the 14th is the best time to schedule your race. Like, no, no, no. We're not making any of those types of claims. Uh, surprise, surprise. I'm not on board the one size fits all train. Um, but, but the fact is, or at least the, the fact in my, in my opinion, so I guess that makes it my opinion, the fact in my opinion, eh, whatever. There's pros and cons to a spring race. There's pros and cons to a fall race. There's pros and cons to a winter race. There's pros and cons to a summer race. Okay? When you're picking your races, whether you're looking ahead to the fall of 2022 as this comes out in in early April, maybe you're looking already into 2023, and, and I know some spring races, like it's time to start registering, or at least the registration is starting to open up for 2023 races already. You're looking ahead. You're starting to plan your race schedule out. The point I'm trying to make today is to not just think about what's going to be the best situation for race day. Yes, that's important. Yes, that's something to be considered. 100%. Think about that. It's an important factor, especially if you have a specific goal. You know, you're really trying to race hard. This isn't just a race for fun or collecting the medals or things like that. You're really planning to get after it. You're chasing that PR. Consider the race day weather, but also think about what's going to be the lead up to that race. What's life going to be like? What's the weather likely to be like? Again, we, we can't predict the weather any, any better for, for one day than we can for three months. But more often than not, in a three-month window, you're probably going to be right, right? Or at least it, like more often than not, it's gonna be in the, you're going to be in the right ballpark. You know, when I think of, of my, my days in Michigan, growing up in northern Michigan in March, it was still going to be chilly. There was going to be some snow. Were there going to be a couple of random days where it was 65 degrees and the sun was shining? Yeah, absolutely. But overall, the month of March, probably still going to feel a little bit more like winter, early spring than late spring into summer. Okay. And if you're thinking about where you live, you know what those months are like, or you know what those periods are like where, yeah, it's, you know, there might be a couple of random hot days or a couple of random cold days, but for the most part, this period, it's going to be whatever. Okay. If possible, trying to schedule your goal races to coincide with the times when life in general and weather in general are going to be cooperative to the training that you're going to need to do to be ready for your race. That's the ideal situation. Now we all know that there is no, like life doesn't, we, we don't live life in an ideal situation. I get it. I don't, you don't, none of us do, but you can at least try to tilt your odds in your favor. One other thing you can do, and I might be out of here in less than 20 minutes on this quick tip today. You know, I, maybe I'm putting my cart in front of my horse here and, and, and making proclamations and writing checks I can't cash, but I think I'm about ready to wrap this up. But one other thing you can do to kind of try to help tilt the odds in your favor of not letting all the life and the weather and the things get in the way when it comes to training for your goal races, whether you're picking a spring, summer, winter, fall, I don't care. Whenever you pick your goal races, maintain a higher level of, of base running. Keep your base strong is the moral of the story. Because what that does in a lot of times, and I've, and I've seen this with myself and I've seen this with some of the folks that I work with, when your base level of fitness is good, 
is strong, is solid, is elevated. We've talked about raising your raising your floor to raise your ceiling before. That's back in the archives, but I'll link it in the show notes if you're so inclined. I don't have a show number to reference you to. Apologies. But when you do that, the amount of time you need to, pre- 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 to prepare, easy for me to say, the amount of time you need to prepare for your race to be at, at hopefully peak fitness, to race well, race strong, race hard, is minimized. So maybe instead of needing three or four months to get race ready, you might only need four to six weeks or six to eight weeks. And so now all of a sudden, to put that into, into context, you can look at an at a early March race or a mid-March race, and you don't really need to be like crazy serious about your training until after we get past the new year. Now, that might still bring winter into the equation, of course, but maybe at least the holidays and the new year and all the festivities, those you're, you're, you're able to kind of avoid as much as possible as far as really impacting the key block of training. But if you need, if you need that full three or four months to ramp up to a, you know, a goal marathon, well now, now December is in the mix, right? So just something to think about, something to think about the, the stronger your base, the, the better fit you are just in general all the time. And we're not talking about peak fitness. We're not talking about being race ready. That's impossible to maintain race readiness year round. But if you can keep your base elevated just a little bit, you've got options. You've got options to still take 16 weeks to, or whatever, three to four months to get ready for your race and maybe even be overprepared, but in a good way, not overtrained, but like run multiple long runs, multiple good solid weeks of workouts because you don't need to spend as much time building the base in the early phase because the base is already there. Or like I said, you can just shorten down that window really hit it hard for six or eight weeks, but kind of just start six or eight weeks out when you're ready to hit it hard because, again, the base is already there. So hopefully that all made sense. Hopefully that gives you something to think about as you're starting to plan ahead, maybe planning out your fall winter races for 2022, looking ahead to 2023 or wherever, you know, whatever time frame we're on when you listen to this or maybe you go back and find it, you know, some weeks and months down the road as you're starting to look ahead to 2023, 2024, 2025. I feel like the principles, I hope at least the principles will stand, stand firm that yes, race day conditions matter, but it's not the whole picture, especially when you're trying to really get locked in for the optimal time to schedule your races. Um, think about that training. Think about life and weather and things that might impact the training beyond just race day. So what do you think? Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Was this useful? Something you've thought about before or something that maybe you've, you've kind of stubbed your toe on and maybe you kind of, oh yeah, I should have thought about that. Uh, let me know. Let me know your thoughts from this episode. Matt Diz runs on on Twitter. Matt Diz runs on Instagram as well. In case you know, in case I haven't told you that before, which I feel like I tell you that every episode, you can also shoot me an email, dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, for today's episode, you can head over to the show notes. Uh, lots of gifs, a couple of memes, uh, but you know, shenanigans, links, and and all that kind of good stuff as well. Dizruns.com slash 1037. Dizruns.com slash 1037. You can also leave your feedback or your thoughts on today's episodes down, I guess not episodes, just, just today's episode down in that comment section towards the bottom of the page. And with that, coming right up to that 20 minute mark, potentially going just over it. Uh, but we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. One last call for YNAB. If you haven't checked it out yet, I would encourage you to do so. Cost you nothing, might save you a lot. Uh, and it only costs you something once you decide that it's worth pursuing, right? Right off the bat to try it out. doesn't cost you anything, uh, but get yourself an extra month. If you decide to sign up for it by using the link, 
Dizruns.com slash Y-N-A-B. Dizruns.com slash YNAB. Again, short for you need a budget. And if you have any questions on how to work it, like I'm not going to ask about financial stuff, of course, but you know some of the things that have worked for me, I'm happy to, to talk to you about it. But YNAB has a, a lot of great resources. They'll help you get set up as well. Um, and like I said, hopefully help you uh, have some more money available for some more races, maybe some coaching or a, a book if, a, if another book ever gets written, things like that down the road. But uh, until then, until that all shakes itself out, Y'all be well. Take care of yourselves. Uh, If there's anything I can do for you, give a shout. And uh, otherwise, see you. (laughs) 